Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Hey Mavericks, this is Katherine Wells, your Chief Inspiration Maverick. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share with you about our action-oriented Mavericks Transformation Summit. It's coming up March 19th and 20th in Denver, Colorado. In this summit, we will be pulling together people from across the industry, including family members and older adults, to sit down and talk about the three major issues in our industry, affordability, workforce, and communication. But we don't want to just talk about it. We want to create action items, and we want to begin to transform the industry. We can do better for our older adults. Go to the website, get registered. Early bird pricing ends February 14th. We'll see you there. Hey, good morning, Mavericks. We are at the Catalyst Building in Denver, Colorado, and we're here with Kirsten Vandersloos from MCharts. Uh, and of course, Francis Lagasse, my co-podcaster here. Good morning. We're looking forward to talking with you. So tell us a little bit about um, your background and what is MCharts? Yeah, well, uh, my background, I'll try and be brief, but I'm a longtime technologist, uh, moved here from Michigan many, many years ago, and worked in the technology area, in the government, telco, and then ended up in healthcare. Um, MCharts really came out of my own experiences or the need for MCharts, where my family doctor was actually moving out of state. And so I needed to find a new doctor. I wanted to make sure I get my medical history to the new doctor. So I went around to all of my providers trying to get my records, and I found a lot of problems. I was usually charged a fee. When I got the records, it was... To get your paper. own records, you were yes, being charged. Yes, and okay. uh, providers okay. can still charge a nominal fee. Okay. Um, but I got my records on paper rather than electronically. Oh, jeez. Um, and one provider actually lost all of my records. Oh. They had upgraded their systems, <clears throat> excuse me, and not pulled over all of my data. Okay. And these were um, very important uh test results and concerning my heart. My brother has this minor condition uh, that is hereditary. I needed to be checked for it. Um, all those records are gone. And they were pretty detailed records as well. Sounds they were like a problem. Yeah, yeah it was an echocardiogram of my heart. Okay. Uh, so uh, the, the visual of my heart at that particular age would have been very nice to have it as I get older. Fortunately, I had a clean bill of health. Okay. It wasn't a, uh, an issue from that perspective. Anyway, it taught me that the medical industry really doesn't have a strong incentive to manage your records for the long term. They have business incentives, which, like in this case, they needed to upgrade their systems, and they didn't have any reason to really pull your records over. It was nothing that was going to affect them adversely. Of course, for me, it was a a, a much bigger effect. So really, MCharts is solving that problem. Uh, We're allowing patients really to take control and own their own records. And we do that in a way very similar to Mint.com in the personal finance space. A lot of people use Mint, Mm -hmm. uh, where Mint will actually log in on your your behalf to your bank accounts, your credit card accounts, retirement accounts, and give you one single consolidated picture of your personal finances. So with MCharts, we do that for healthcare. Uh, we log into each of your uh, patient portals, we download the data, 
And then we have a comprehensive longitudinal record uh, of your health, which you can always own and manage. You control it. It's in HIPAA services up in uh, the Amazon cloud. You can decide who gets access uh, to those records. You can give pieces of those records uh, to whoever you want. And wow. is this on a mobile app? Is it on your phone? Yes, we have a mobile okay. app, an iOS app. Uh, but the okay. core, uh, what we're really selling right now, is the web-based application. Okay. Okay. Uh, the mobile app uh, is available in beta. We expect a, a general availability release uh, within a month or so, actually. Okay. So we're very close on that. OK, so and I think about that from the, the perspective of I'm at the doctor, and I want to share some information I have my phone with me but in the meantime I can still log in through a, a browser on my phone right yes okay and there's several ways to get the data uh, to the provider okay you can actually export all your data in an encrypted format send that to your provider okay um, and it's in an industry standard format the provider could actually import that data right into their system if they choose oh okay. uh, but a lot of people take the route that you just mentioned they just pull up the app and show, show it the to doctor. Them. and yeah I do that with my providers. Anytime I see a new doctor, I start with a 60-second overview, which is a human body map with all my active conditions. Oh, and that ends up cool. being That's really cool. good. I had, I had one recent encounter just for a medication review. Uh, pulled up my 60-second overview and showed the doctor, this is all about me. And she said, oh, I, I see you have this issue here. It's a, it, it's a problem in the abdomen. And she says, it'll take me 30 seconds to take a look at that and make sure it's not flaring up. Wow. So there's a case I was in for just a medication review and got better care because I had my own medical history. Do you do the uh, body map? automatically how do you get that yes yeah, so we've got some of the special sauces taking the records and actually the diagnostic codes so ICD-10 mm -hmm. uh, SNOMED codes and we're able to plot those on a human body map we've That's done a cool. procedure where we cool. automatically know what body structure a condition is associated with and then we know where on the body map that body structure is located. That is That's fascinating cool. really all cool. by itself. Yeah. It's amazing to me the lack of communication between all of the providers. Mm. Yes. And I know a lot of people are trying to disrupt that. I uh, really like the way you're approaching it. How does that fit into longevity and, and as we get older? Well, we market to baby boomers and uh, people that are elderly. Primarily, as we get older, we have more conditions. We generally have uh, more providers. So our medical record is more complex. And there's a greater likelihood we're going to see either a new specialist or another hmm. provider. What is the benefit? Is five someone that's like, well, I don't, I, why would I want to control my medical history? Why can't I trust my doctors? Why would someone want to take ownership of that data? Well, I think you just need to think about what happens if you don't have your records and then think about will your provider make those available when needed they are required to uh, because of the HIPAA laws but it's going to take some time uh, it, you could have a situation like my experience where the provider upgraded their systems and they didn't have to store that data so they didn't they didn't take that extra step I'm seeing opportunities in assisted living and residential care uh, to this have is, access to that I almost think too this is almost even more epidemic than that is it's what are you doing before they need that level of care so that they're not scrambling around chasing it when they need to bring in home care or they need to telehealth or they need to move to assist living that would be almost three-quarters of the battle resolved if they had all their health data for the last 10 years in one spot 
how easy would that be to actually get a great history on them? That's true for right. the assessments and, it, huh? and for remote building, home care. Or building your care models. Yeah. I mean, yeah. knowing who they are. Like, they showed cognitive decline five years ago, but the family didn't think about it. But seeing kind of that trajectory or projection of it, or, or they were walking really good, but then two years ago they needed a walker. What changed? So that makes a lot of sense because uh, many times we can't trust the self-report right, of anybody, any mm-hmm. human being, because we have a way that we see ourselves versus what is really happening. And we all feel 16 in our mind, right? So <laughs> nobody wants to share, oh, yeah, I mm-hmm. had to use a walker a few years ago. So that, right. that's another really interesting thing. Yeah, and I would also say that as the environment gets more complex, if you're approaching that age where you do need to move into more of a permanent care facility, there, there's a lot of friction from the provider side to get all the records Correct. there. Um, and this approach, really the patient is taking ownership of those records and they can provide access uh, to any other care facility that they want. As a provider in senior care, Knowing where they were, where they've been, is so critical Mm -hmm. to being more proactive in the care. If we're always reactive, we're we're probably missing something. So getting a better health history or diagnostic history will be so much of an improvement for care providers providing a higher, more accurate level of care. Yeah, so you can create a better care plan Mm -hmm. with this. And you can probably do assessments better. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. whether whether you're going to provide in-home care or in an assisted living. Or even if the doctor can actually know where they need to focus more on. If, yeah, you know, or, yeah, or Or what blood work to do, because we're coming up with, obviously, some awesome, you know, blood work stuff that we can be more predictive as well, too. So knowing, oh, you've had this condition for the same years, well, let's test for X, Yeah, right? yeah. Right, and we're also very hopeful as artificial intelligence, cognitive computing advances. I'm certain there will be automated diagnosis based on your chief complaint today and your medical history. So it's very key to be very data-rich, to have that full health history, and that's what we're driving towards. It sounds like to me you're going to get... Your data is going to be so rich with patterns of ICD-10 codes, the history, that now you can say, well, I have two people that are presenting almost similar. This one's being treated for X. Should we talk to this person about doing that same treatment and seeing the outcome? Is, is that a possibility? Yes, absolutely. Um, and some of the other AI uh, algorithms are trying to follow evidence-based guidelines in an automated fashion. That's so cool. So, I mean, obviously we're not there yet, right. but... Again, our view is that you need that foundation of a full medical history, and that's what we're trying to let people uh, collect and manage. Being aware, I think, and being able to look at it and maybe even take more ownership, which is something that we're really big on, is people being more independent longer, and having that data gives them more ownership. Have you seen anything in that area yet? I want to add on to that, too. Choice. Having their data, doesn't that give them more choice? Choice how? choice what providers they use where they go yeah, yeah, because remember we talked with we had a, yeah. a podcast um simon from the uk on and his big thing was he wants to challenge choice in in the aging industry think about you're now empowered people to not instead of seeing that same doctor they have all their data they might want to go see this special geriatric doctor but to do that it's oh, i have to move all my files right oh that's interesting Yes, and that is definitely one of the the primary motivations of MCharts, being more portable. 
Um, and in the beginning, that was exactly my use case. I wanted my records so I could easily pick a doctor mm-hmm. and make sure they have my full history. And move around the country or uh, yeah. around the well, world. Who knows? So my grandmother, I use her a lot. She's 92, but she's been seeing the same internist that my parents see who are 60 in their early 62s. And my dad said when we were talking the other day, I think it's time for grandma to see a gerontologist. I'm like, it's been time for grandma to see a gerontologist. <laughs> but it's, it's how do you do that, right? How yeah. do you get all that file of 10, 15 years of data and transfer that effectively to that gerontologist who probably could help her better? Yeah. Well, that, you do it through M-charts. You do it through M-charts. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is so cool because you're giving someone a choice to get away I like that, and and I can see why the providers would want to push back on that, right. because for them, it, it feels like their business is being taken away, but I'm also from the tech industry, as you are, and right. we know that years and years and years ago, the market shifted, and the consumer was in charge, yep. and that's really what you're helping to disrupt here. It's going to happen, so you just happen to be on the forefront of it. I right. love it. And consumerism in healthcare yeah. is well on its way especially yes. with and health insurance costing more and more more and more people and covering are on less a high deductible yeah people are on a high deductible yeah. plan more and more i uh-huh. think the last figure i saw was maybe 40 percent of people wait you, oh, i'm sorry can you say that so approximately 40 percent of people are on a high, high deductible, deductible plan, plan. Yeah. yes that's a big Ouch. number yeah right? and what that means is they are looking for better health value yeah. so because the, it's their money it's their yeah. money. They want to uh, pay and make sure they're getting good value. It doesn't always mean the least expensive. Right. But they're looking for value. And they probably have an HSA to cover some of it, but Either it, way, but it doesn't cover all of it, and it, right. it does it makes it very financially difficult for people. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's that's. And so there are a lot of tools, even outside of M charts, that are catering to consumerism in healthcare. Hmm. So think of shopping sites, uh, health grades to some extent. Yep. There's a company in the Portland area called Health Spark uh, that for uh, particular procedures you can plug in the procedure name and they'll actually show you on a map it'll, it'll cost you this much at this hospital <laughs> this much that's at cool hospital. I yeah. love that <laughs> and that that's something that I have found myself really enjoying is the ability to see prices yeah. Um, even good RX, just the ability to see the different pricing and prescriptions, which is clearly a whole nother topic. Yeah. But uh. right. So I mean, in the end, consumerism is going to help overcome some of the misalignment of yeah. incentives in right. healthcare. Yeah. Where you, as a patient, typically you're not paying for it. It's really the insurance company that's paying for mm-hmm. it. So as far as a health system is concerned, it's the insurer who's the customer, and you're kind of a third-party participant. Makes sense. But if you're coming in and paying, then that's going to drive more consumer-based behavior, meaning the health system knows you're the client now, and they're going to cater more to your needs. Yeah. I like that. So what what do you want to challenge? Like We always like to ask these questions. What's one thing or maybe a couple things that you really want to challenge in, in this you know baby boomer longevity economy space um, in particular? Yeah, I mean, it all boils down to ownership of records. Okay. So today, legally, there's only one state in the nation where the patient actually owns their records. One state? One state. What that's state New Hampshire. is that? Really? But with HIPAA, everybody has a right to their data, and what it boils down to is you own a copy of your data. So what's one thing that you would tell our listeners that they should do? Well, I besides th- join M-Charts, besides <laughs> join M-Charts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be 
be proactive about your health care um, and the health care of the ones you love. So whether those are children or you're an adult, you have uh, elderly parents who may need your care. And so be engaged. And one of the ways to be engaged is whether you use an M charts or even on paper, understand their health conditions. Uh, when I talk to my dad, who's approaching 90 now, I like to just ask him, how are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. the doctor says you're, you're supposed to be walking. Have you been walking? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not a, a core part of his care team. I have a sister that lives in the same state and does a, a lot more of that work. Uh, but having the medical record puts you in a position to be proactive and you can be an advocate of your loved one. Great. Yeah. So how can people find you? mcharts.com right. and we'll put all that in the show notes yeah. obviously in the comment sections right, as well yeah. too so they can Fantastic. get a hold of you as well yeah Kirsten uh, it has been a pleasure talking with you and we'll circle back with you I'm sure in six months or so and see how things are going all right great thank you thank Kathy. you thank you Francis thank you thank nice you. chatting with you guys